Blog Talk Radio. Hi there, I'm Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio, and this show is a celebration of baby boomers who are embracing life as we grow older. But we know that our good health has to come first, and fibromyalgia has impacted the lives of so many in our generation. That's why today's show is going to be especially helpful. Our guest, Dr. Barbara Bruce, is the clinical director of the Fibromyalgia Treatment Program at the Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, Florida. She's also a pain psychologist in Mayo Clinic's Department of Psychiatry and Psychology and a professor of psychology at the Mayo Clinic College of Medicine and Science. But Dr. Bruce is joining us today to share all about the recently released book that she co-edited. It's called Mayo Clinic Guide to fibromyalgia strategies to take back your life, and I can't wait to find out more. So welcome, Dr. Bruce. Thank you very much for having me. It is a pleasure to have you on the show, and the information you're about to impart I know is going to be incredibly important for all of us, including me and, uh, of course, our listeners. And it goes uh, without saying that you are an expert, you know all the ins and outs of this important topic, but I would like to begin with the basics. Uh, so what exactly is fibromyalgia? It, it's a chronic illness, a chronic disease that affects upwards to 10 million Americans, primarily women. It is characterized by widespread pain and fatigue, sleep difficulties, and patients often have trouble thinking they're so tired. My patients tell me that they feel like they wake up every day with the flu. They feel sore and achy. They feel exhausted. And they, and they really struggle to get sleep that helps them to feel refreshed. Well, I mean, it really sounds like an overwhelming condition and something that, again, your book is going to be, be very helpful for taking back the lives of people who are affected by this. Uh, but I remember I'm old enough, and the years go by quickly, so it doesn't seem all that long ago that someone that was complaining of these kinds of maladies, uh, the condition was thought to be psychosomatic or they were hypochondriacs. But some recent changes I read in your book in imaging, the, the capabilities we now have with medical imaging, you found out that they, I mean, there really is something to this. So, so tell us a little bit about some of these recent uh, uh, things that uh, techno abilities that you've had in the medical field to really diagnose fibromyalgia. You know, everything that you just said is is true. Um, it has been around for decades and often misunderstood. And in recent years, scientists and researchers are, are now finding that the cause of fibromyalgia is a central nervous system problem, that there's something happening in the sensory system in the in the brain and body that's causing this physical disorder and that our notions of it in times past were inaccurate, that it is not a psychosomatic condition, it's not a mental health disorder, that it is a real physical disorder and the symptoms, the pain and the, and the fatigue are real. Boy, that just made me think that people that have suffered for it for, 
from it for a long time. Here, not only did they feel like that, but nobody believed them. I mean, how frustrating and upsetting would that be? So thank goodness modern medicine has, you know, really been able to pinpoint some of the causes for this condition. And, and of course, your book has some really great tips for how to deal with it, which I want to get to in just one second. But I, I was so heartened by one of the things that I read in your book and the Good news is that fibromyalgia is neither terminal and nor is it progressive, but the not so good news is it can feel progressive. So tell us a little bit more about some of that, some of that research that you've been doing. You know, it's it's interesting because patients will, well, first off about terminal, we've followed this constellation of symptoms that we call fibromyalgia for decades. We know the natural course of this disease, and if nothing changes, it will likely wax and wane over the course of a person's lifetime, and then hopefully they die in old age of something else. That's That's the part where it's not terminal. I've had patients who have been told by local health providers that it is terminal, and it is not. The part about being not being progressive, there are some diseases that we know of, like some, some types of MS, where when you lose your ability to walk, you're not likely to get it back. My patients can feel that their symptoms are increasing, that they used to get up the stairs easily and now it's difficult. They used to be able to walk to the end of the driveway and now they find that they're out of breath and can't do that. And they feel like their fibromyalgia is progressing. What seems to be progressing is muscle weakness from disuse. And that's important because with appropriate conditioning, fibromyalgia patients can get back all of the strength that they feel like they're losing and that they have blamed on fibromyalgia. The reason is when we don't use our muscles, we get weaker. And when my patients are moving from couch to bed to recliner and their world is getting more and more narrow because they don't feel good, they actually also then get weak too. Anybody would. Wow. I mean, that's common sense, but the way you presented it, I mean, it's really, really helpful information. And the subtitle of your amazing book is called Strategies to Take Back Your Life. So we've got a few minutes here. Can you, do you mind sharing some of these strategies with us, Dr. Bruce? I would be happy to. So the things that, we, that we've that we been learning about fibromyalgia, and I've been directing a clinical program for the treatment of fibromyalgia for several years at Mayo Clinic in Jacksonville, but I've seen thousands of patients over my career with fibromyalgia. There are some, there are some FDA-approved medications available for fibromyalgia, but they don't seem to be tolerated by many patients or patients aren't able to get to the higher doses that might be effective because they don't tolerate the higher doses. So in the book, we outline a lot of strategies that we know can help, that evidence and research is telling us will help. And it's things like changing focus. It's things like reducing anything that's activating the central nervous system, which we know can contribute to that central sensitization, that brain problem that is causing fibromyalgia. So some of them are stress management strategies. Some of them have to do with getting moving again because we know that that improving that conditioning can help a person be able to get through their lives and improve their endurance. We also know that things like aerobic conditioning, aerobic exercise, actually can help with the sleep problems that my patients have, and the sleep disorder that is associated with fibromyalgia is profound. Mm. 
Well, I mean, that these are all very helpful things. And I was thinking too. I mean, I not to talk about me and my, but I have a little arthritis in the shoulder, and so you want to kind of baby that. But no, you really need to work those muscles and build up around. So even though the couch might seem awfully inviting, it, it really is helpful when you have anything like that that you want to keep moving and and building your muscles. You know, I think that that's really important, and and um, and arthritis is a little different than fibromyalgia, but but what we want to always do, I think, is to start really low and move really slowly, because in fibromyalgia, patients get a really quick reaction to overdoing it, and it can be devastating. Patients can end up in bed for days to weeks, so we want to be really careful that we're moving very slowly toward that conditioning. That notion of no pain, no gain really doesn't work well with this disorder. Oh, well, that's a really good point because I could see if I were, okay, I'm going to go gung-ho and then pay for it later. So, now, one thing I think is fascinating, too, uh, and you write about it, it's what is the role that diet and food play in, uh, again, taking back your life, some of these strategies you can use? You know, it's interesting, patients often ask me about the fibro diet, which, by the way, does not exist, okay? There's not one single ingredient or supplement that's going to do the trick. We don't have a silver bullet. But we do know that good nutrition is important. I think the area that we see diet affected most is that it looks as if 50% of people with fibromyalgia also have irritable bowel syndrome. And irritable bowel mm. syndrome is a, is a stomach ache with constipation, diarrhea, or some combination. And often patients are trying to manage their stomach troubles with their diet. And so the, their diets can get very restrictive or they can, they can actually start to, to eliminate things from their diets because they are in hopes that it will quiet their stomachs. It turns out that the same strategies that we use for fibromyalgia calm irritable bowel syndrome as well. Wow. Uh, and, too, we've just touched on a few of the strategies that you bring up, but this book, I was so impressed. It is so comprehensive. You talk about, you know, how to manage your symptoms at work. You even have, I thought this was really interesting, how to apply for disability benefits. I just thought, I mean, this book is something that I think anybody with a disease or if you have a friend or know somebody who has it is going to want to pick up a copy of this. Uh, but uh, since we don't have too, too long left, I would like to ask your opinion on, okay, you're a friend of someone with fibromyalgia, you're a family member of someone with fibromyalgia, how can we best support people who are suffering from this condition? What a beautiful question. I think first, and so in my programming, I have family members and loved ones come to the program for free. I think it's so important because family members are often confused and frightened by these symptoms because they can turn on and off and they seem like nobody's helping the person that they love. So I think the first step is to arm yourself with good, solid information. That's what we tried to do in the book. What is this? Why do I feel so awful? What's happening to my body? And I think solid, good information is key. I think the other is go to medical appointments with the person that you love. A good primary care physician with a relationship with the patient is key. And I think to go and also be present in support And I think the third thing I would suggest is ask the person that you love, how do they want to be supported? What can you do that would be helpful to them? 
That now talk about beautiful. That that is a wonderful thought because I know we assume that we are doing something that's helpful, but not you know it's not always taken that way sometimes by people. And also when you are dealing with someone who you know is in a reasonable amount of pain and it's hard for them to get their normal energy or all of that, it can be a little you know a little hard sometimes for the the caregiver or the family member. So I think we need to take good care of ourselves too. You know, and and I say in my classes to patients every day, when you hurt and when you're exhausted, it can be kind of hard to love you because you're sort of irritable and patients struggle. Relationships get stressed because of these symptoms. So it is a family affair. And I think that to be able to talk about it and to look and to look at strategies that can be helpful and to support the family member with fibromyalgia or the loved one is going to be so important to their recovery as well. Well, Dr. Bruce, talking about getting information, I can't think of a better resource. Congratulations. This book is not only thorough, it's helpful, it's cutting edge, and it provides hope, which is the most important of all. So do you have any final words for our audience? You know, I, I, if I, if I can, can, could conclude with three thoughts. One, fibromyalgia is real. Number two, it's not in your head. And number three, there is hope. Thank you for saying that because there are tools and strategies that have science supported that they can be helpful in making patients' lives easier to manage and much more enjoyable. Well, you made my life much more enjoyable, Dr. Bruce. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for your thoughts, your information, your time, and providing this fantastic book. Uh, And once again, it's called Mayo Clinic Guide to Fibromyalgia, Strategies to Take Back Your Life. I recommend it highly. I do hope people grab a copy for those who they love and grab a copy for yourself too. So just like you said, even if you are a caregiver or a loved one, you'll be armed with what's going on right now and how to help the person that you do love. So thanks again, Dr. Bruce. And I would like to say to our audience out there, uh, go out there and show the world just how feisty a woman over 50 can be. This is Mary Eileen Williams at Feisty Side of 50 Radio. Saying I'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.